Okay, everybody, welcome to New Life. Glad to have you guys here. You guys are excited to be here to worship Jesus today. Come on. It's about worshiping God, right? It's about worshiping God. And I want to thank you one more time for making the first part of the week. This is just my little mind. I think the, I think the week starts on Sunday. I get it. Like a lot of us think that it starts on Monday. I choose to look at it on Sunday and that we're giving God the first of the week by coming here to worship. Uh, let's make that little change inside of you and see how that kind of affects you when it comes to your love for God and your devotion to him. That we're setting the first part of the week aside for him. Come on, just tell the person next to you, like, that's encouraging. That's encouraging, right? Come on, that's, that is. It's actually encouraging. Uh, today, you're here with us. My name's Jeff. I want to welcome everybody at our Norplak campus and our Ogallala campus. Uh, I get a chance to serve as one of the pastors on staff. Well, you're here today for our current teaching series, 2020 where we've been looking for the last few weeks at all different aspects and angles of your life uh, to help you find what God's clear 2020 vision is for yourself, okay, personally. Today, we're going to be looking at your family, all right? Your family. Everyone say family with me. Family, family right. Family's one of those interesting things, isn't it? You can't live without your family, but sometimes you can't live with your family, are you with me? You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Are we just all being open and honest today? Uh, you've got an extended family, right? It comes with its joys and its challenges. Anybody else with me on that one? Okay. Right. It's okay. Even if they're sitting next to you, just raise your hand because inside they're raising their hand as well, right? So we, we've got this extended family. But today, what I really want to talk about is the immediate family, we're going to talk about the immediate family. This is this is small nucleus that's between a married couple and their kids, okay? But your, your family right now for your life, it may not be a married couple with kids. You, you might be a young adult. Are there any like, single young adults in the house today? Let me hear you. Come on. Okay, good. <laughs> I know they're here. Don't make me point you out, all right? Don't make me point you out. You just didn't want to stand out. You're very humble. I appreciate that about you, okay? Thank you. Continue that character trait, all right? But uh, we do have single adults. If you're a single adult, that's your immediate family right now, all right? Now, look, because you're, you're an adult, okay? You still, have, you still have a mom and dad, but you're now establishing what your family is going to look like. But before we get too far, I, I, even, I even want to talk to those who have been divorced, and I also want to talk to those who are maybe going through separation or divorce right now. That as I started talking about family, something inside of you probably went, I don't know that I want to stay here today. And I get that pain. I understand what you're talking about. But I am going to tell you today that God's word has something to say to you. Don't tune me out right now. Don't tune me out, okay? I want you to know that God has demonstrated over and over in his word an abundance of grace that has used some crazy family scenarios to do some of the most incredible things for him and for his kingdom, okay? So I just want you to know, all right, you are in the game and you've gotta hear God's word and you've gotta apply God's word. I'm also speaking today to single parents, single parents in the house. I would ask them to kind of shout out, but I got it, like a single parent, you know, you, you, you kind of like walk in, in maybe in a church scenario with a little bit of a mystique that I don't want you to have. I want you to know, single parents, two things in my heart when I was writing this message for you. Number one, you are loved. You're loved. You're loved by me. You're loved by our church. Secondly, which I think is more important, you're not forgotten by God. So single parents, 
that are listening to me in North Platte, Ogallala, North, or here in Kearney or online. You're loved and you're not forgotten by God. And today I think God has something to say to you that's going to be refreshing. It's something that is going to help you. It's something that's going to give you God's vision for your family. And I get it. You, you live a challenging, challenging life. So it doesn't matter whether it's a married couple with kids today, a single young adult, right? Someone who's walking through divorce, um, a single parent right now who's carrying all the weight by themselves. Today I want to talk to, talk to you about putting your family on mission for God because every family unit has to have a clear 2020, clear 2020, clear spiritual vision for your family. Every single one of you has to have that. But the family unit is under attack. I think we could all agree on that. There's a lot of temptations in this world. Okay, there's the pace of this world. And I think that it's really, a lot of it's designed just to rip the very fabric of the family apart. The enemy loves to turn a father against a son. He loves to turn a sibling against a sibling. He loves to turn a husband against a wife. There is a lot that's attacking the family. Just think with me about it for a moment, right? Think about all the things in this world that are trying, that are also labeled as good things that have the ability to rip apart the very fabric of the family. Why would that be the case? The reason for that is because God is the one who created and established the family. Anything, notice this throughout scripture, anything God established and he created for his glory and for his good, there is an enemy who's wanting to attack it and to tear it down. God's the one who established the family and he established the family with a designated purpose to it that many of you may not have known about and today is going to be revolutionary for your family when it comes to getting a clear 2020 spiritual vision for your family and where you're going today, right? So God's the one who established it. Therefore, that's the reason why the enemy is attacking it. Look at where God established it, though, all the way back in Genesis chapter 1. Look at verse 27 and 28. It says that God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. Then God blessed them and he said this, be fruitful and multiply. Go make a family and do what with it? Fill the earth and govern it. So look what God doesn't say. God doesn't say to them, hey, look, just, some, just get married, you know, do your little thing. Stay next to this little mountain range. Stay next to this lake. Stay here next to this ocean. No, he says this to them. Be fruitful and multiply. Make a family. Fill the entire earth and govern it. <clears throat> I want you to notice very quickly, what was God's intent for the family? Inward or outward? Inward or outward? Outward. God's, God's purpose and his intent for the family has a very strategic outward focus to it. All right? So if you're taking notes right now, you would, run, you would want to write that down. Right? That that's God's intent because there's a problem. We tend to turn our family inward. And we justify it with a lot of great statements and a lot of great thoughts, and we pat each other on the back for it, but we tend to turn our family inward, and we even live life with statements like this. It's all about the family. It's just all about the family. And guys, look, before you get up and you leave, because you're offended by that statement, please hear me out. Please hear me out. We do live fast-paced lives, 
And these fast-paced lives, they, they leave little room for the family to be on mission in an outward way like God called the family to. They leave little room for that. We, we come home from work exhausted, and we, live, we leave like little desire to share ourselves and or our family with others. We come, we come home, we kind of clock out from life. Our bandwidth uh, because of everything and the pace of life and, you know, the, the economy and having to try to keep up with everything and, you know, the debt that we've taken on, the bandwidth of our lives is limited to e- internal family affairs and internal family attention only or primarily. But God has established your family and my family to live on his outward-focused cause, that each of us would have a family that lives to bless others, guys. But when the family is inward focused and it consumes all the resources for itself, that's when you start to see the problems arise in the family. That's when you start to see the turmoil. That's when you start to see the conflict. Because we were never designed to consume all of the family blessing and resources for ourselves. We were designed to go and be fruitful and multiply, okay, and be a blessing to others all around us. Now look, I just want you to know, Jeff Baker's not anti-family, and neither is God. But God's expectation for the family, which, by the way, if you're sitting next to your family, would you just take somebody, if they're sitting next to you, just take them by the hand, squeeze their hand, right, just squeeze it. If you're sitting next to your family, because I want you to know something, that family, God gave you. God gave you. You, you think you're the creator, but God gave it to you. All right, so God's not anti-family. God's expectation is the family that he gave you is one that's supposed to be on mission to be blessing others. To be blessing others. But I want you to look what happens when a family turns inward when they were called to be outward. I want to talk about Abraham for a minute. Abraham is a, is a key character of the Old Testament. Uh, you go back to Genesis, you can read about Abraham and his journey Abraham is the initiator, okay, the originator of God's chosen people. Um, Abraham was the one who was sent from his land all the way to the promised land. And God put him up on a high spot and he said, look, everything you can see, as far as you can see, it's yours. I'm giving it to you and to your descendants for generations to come. God blessed him. In fact, God even said this about Abraham and his family. He called Abraham to a level that's beyond what you are even called to. He called Abraham to be a blessing to every family on earth. Listen to the mission that God put Abraham and his family on. In Genesis uh, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, it says that the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family. In God's eyes, guys, it's not just about what's going to happen in the immediate family. Okay, It's about what God wants to do from your family outward. He's taking him away from his immediate family. And go to the land that I'm going to show you. Verse 2. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you. And I'll curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth. Your family. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. That is a huge mission statement. All the families on earth are going to be blessed through you. What kind of pressure does that put on you? A lot, a lot, right? I want you to notice this, that God's words to Abraham, they were focused in this outward 
this outward way. I just got a question for you. Like, how would your family, how would your family change if together you decided to go on mission and to live to bless others? How would your family change? If you decided as a unit, we're going to go on mission to bless others. How would it change? Do you think it might be more tight-knit? Think about a team. What happens with a team when a team wins? Team loves it when a team wins together. What would it look like for your family to go on mission and for your team to be winning by blessing others together, purposefully? I also think that this would happen. Your family would bond together. Your family would bond together. I think that some of family issues, some family issues are better solved not in the counselor's room, but out on the mission field. Some, not all. Some are going to be served better and solved better when you're out there and you're giving yourself away and you're serving together. And you're doing something that you're both bonded to, that you're all bonded to. A lot of times when we just get inward and we just try to, we try to dissect and tear everything apart and you know, we, we end up bickering and fighting with one another. But I'm telling you, many of our problems could be solved if we would just be outward focused with our family and figure out ways to be a blessing to others. And here's an example. Take something like Kingdom Builders. The month of February in 2020 is our Kingdom Builder month. We're, we're challenging every family unit at New Life to be a kingdom builder and to give generously above and beyond their tithe. Take kingdom builders, bring it into your family and figure out how we can all sacrifice. Not just that dad or mom brought a paycheck home and we're gonna give a percentage of it. Figure out how we can all sacrifice to go on mission to be a blessing for others. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you this. There's a great antidote I'm giving you right now and some of you are kind of rejecting it because it doesn't kind of jive with the normal things that you would hear. Okay, you think that you would hear, hey, come talk to me in my office and all of, I'll solve all your problems in your family. Or go talk to Pastor Chris or go meet with Nate. He's working on his counseling degree. He'll solve all your problems. I'm telling you, look, some of your problems are going to get solved when you finally decide to go on mission with your family and you get outward focused. And you start figuring out how to give away what God's blessed you with. I'm telling you that potentially one simple change in thinking and behavior could be a game changer for you. Like many families, you know, we have our twists and turns. We have our ups and we have our downs. Abraham's family had his ups and it had its downs. Now, Abraham, he, he lived, he lived as a man to serve God and to serve God's mission for his life. But one generation later, his son Isaac, his son Isaac starts to lead in a different way. His son Isaac starts to let things all become inward focused. Isaac marries Rebecca. The two of them have children. Rebecca was having problems having children and she finally had children. She had twins, Esau and Jacob. Okay, Esau was the firstborn. He comes out fiery hot, right? I mean, he's, he's like, uh, he's rare, he's, he's redheaded and he is hairy all over. I mean, this is what the Bible says about him, okay? I don't know if he's like Gimbley off of um, Lord of the Rings or not. That kind of a look. Just hairy, red hair. I, I don't know. But he's got this outward like focus to him. He's a hunter. He goes, he goes out. I mean, he's an outdoorsman. Okay, And it says that Esau came out first and Jacob had his hand on his ankle. You know, like we're fighting in the womb already. Like you're not going to get out first. 
Because in those days, firstborn, man, they got everything. Secondborn kind of didn't get nothing, okay? So here they are, and here's Jacob. He's hanging on to Esau's ankle as they're being born. Can you imagine? Just, just picture that. Jacob comes out, though. He's totally different. Like, he's smooth-skinned, right? He's not the hunter. He's not the person that goes out. He's really good around the house. He's a great cook, actually. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So you got these two kids that are born, and they're complete opposites. The parents, instead of utilizing that and being a blessing and an outward focus, they turn inward. And the parents start picking sides. And they picked a favorite of the two. Isaac, he picked Esau. And he goes, man, he's my favorite because he's a hunter. And I like wild game meals. This is no joke. Read the Bible. It's going to tell you this stuff. I like wild game meals, and I like the fact that my son's a real man getting out there in the world and getting it done. Well, Rebecca, she loved Jacob because he was good around the house, and he was a good cook. And they kind of took their favorites until one day Isaac is old, very old. In fact, he's not sure how many more days he has on this earth. And so he wants to bless the oldest So he brings Esau next to his bedside and he says to him, son, my days are numbered. I want to bless you and I want to give you all of the leadership of this family. But what I want to do this is I want you to go out, son, and I want you to get some wild game and I want you to bring it back. And I want you to make me up a great meal that I love. And after I eat it, I'm going to bless you and you're going to get it all. You're going to become the leader of the family. Rebecca is on the other side of the fabric of the tent, if you can kind of see it that way. Listening in, Esau goes off on the mission. Can you imagine how excited he is? I mean, sure, he doesn't want his dad to die. I get that. But, I mean, he's going to be now the one in charge. This is what he's been longing for, right? Rebecca hears it, and she goes to Jacob, and she says, Look, Jacob, we got to act quick. It's time to deceive your father. And Jacob, having heard the favor of his mom for years now, because you don't just buy into this lie, instantaneously having heard the favor of his mom for years and how he was better than Esau and how he should have been born first and how he had the real skills of a real man all of this stuff that was being fed into his ear while Isaac was feeding all these things into Esau's ear Jacob goes yeah let's do it and Rebecca goes here's the plan let's go get two of the goats out in the yard and let's kill them while Esau's gone okay bring them in I'll cook the meal for you Jacob I know you know how to cook, but I'll cook it because I know exactly the way your father wants it, okay? And then you need to get, like, the skins of the goats ready because you're going to have to wear them because you're smooth skin and your brother's hairy. <laughs> so he, he puts on Esau's clothes, and he gets the fur from the goats, and he puts it on his hands, and he puts it on his neck, and he puts it on places that, you know, Isaac might be able to feel because Isaac, is, his eyes are bad now, right? He can't see very clearly, and so the meal, and he... he brings the meal into his father and he talks to him in a voice that is similar because they're twins, right? He talks to him in a voice that is similar, but Isaac's like, man, I I don't know about the voice. I'm not sure about this whole thing, but let me taste the meal. Man, the meal's amazing. Come close to me, son. And he comes close to him and he feels him and he's like, man, you're hairy. He smells his clothes and he's like, you smell like the outdoors. You smell like Esau. And after he gets done eating the meal, he blesses Jacob. As Jacob was the secondborn, he blesses him as if he was the firstborn, and he gives him everything. 
Then the Bible says shortly after that, Esau walks in. Father, I'm here. I got the wild game and everything. And he goes, who are you? I've already blessed. I've already blessed you. No, Father, I'm Esau. And, he, and Isaac figures it out, right? And then Esau obviously wants to do like what any brother at that moment would want to do. I'm going to kill Jacob. I'm going to kill this guy. Everything turned inward, guys. Look, Isaac is Abraham's son. God had told Abraham, look, go be fruitful, multiply, Abraham. Go, you'll be a blessing to all the families on the earth. Abraham's died. It's Isaac to lead it. And Isaac has two children and they turn inward. How are they going to be a blessing to others when they've turned inward, guys? What I love, though, and what I find very, very interesting is that after they go through this, it's like Isaac, his physical eyes never opened up, but his spiritual eyes, they opened up. And he took the family and he led the family back to an outward focus. Look at what he said to Jacob. This is what he says to Jacob, the one who didn't deserve. Okay, it was Esau's blessing to get. He didn't deserve it. He tricked his father. Jacob says these words to Isaac says these words to Jacob. May God Almighty bless you and give you many children. And may your descendants, what? Multiply and become many nations. Listen to what he says. May God pass on to you, Jacob, and your descendants the blessings he promised to who? What? You've been deceived. You've been tricked. I just got to say right now, I honor Isaac for being the head of the house recognizing his epic failure and yet getting himself and the family back on an outward focused mission. That I have to honor. And if your family right now feels like it's out of balance, it's out of whack, it's got the turmoil like Isaac and Rebecca created inside of their family, what should your move be? Your move should be exactly what Isaac does. Basically repent before God, right? Get things right amongst the family and then immediately put your family back on an outward-focused mission. Come on, guys. Let's get back on mission. Let's get back on what God's called us to do. Let's start blessing others. Let's figure out a way to work together to bless others instead of working against one another as we're inwardly focused. Guys, your family exists for God and for God's purpose alone. And that purpose is to build God's kingdom, not yours. It's God's kingdom. God kind of puts you and me on mission when he says these words in Psalms 127. He says, look, children are a gift from the Lord. They're a reward from him. Okay, I get, I, look, I get it. They don't always feel like a reward. Let's just all be honest, okay? Do your kids always feel like a reward to you? Come on. No, no, they don't. They don't. It's a challenge. It's a challenge to keep coming back to that. But our children are a gift from God. They're a reward from him. And some of you are like, you can stop rewarding me, God. Okay, I get it, all right? We have four kids. Children, children born to a young man. This is the mission. Children born to a young man, children born to anyone, are like arrows in a warrior's hands. Look, children are a gift from God. And children, they help parents. Children help parents see God. In a kind of a funny way, they do help us see God. Because they challenge you. They push your buttons. You're like, how did you, you came from me. How do you push my buttons so good? 
right? And they'll test you. They'll test your anger. They'll test your, your temper. They'll test your patience. They'll test your love. They will test you. And a godly parent should recognize the test, and it drives them to their knees to hear more of God's voice so they can lead better. Children can be a blessing. Let me just tell you this. As a father who has four adult children, and they're married with six grandchildren and one more on the way, it doesn't get easier. Don't believe the lie, parents. I'm getting, like, deadly serious right now. Do not believe the lie. Hey, look, just look. Great day's coming when your kids turn 18 and they move out. There's some greatness about it. Don't get me wrong. But the weight of leading adult children is significantly greater than leading adolescents. If you think leading adolescents is difficult, you've got a whole new challenge coming to you. I don't think that we prepare parents well enough to lead adult children because it takes on a whole new style of leadership. But I'm telling you, the weight, children as adults, they will continue to cause parents to seek God. Grandchildren will continue to cause parents and grandparents to seek God. They can be, they are a blessing from God, and they are a reward from God, and they're used as an instrument for us to keep our hearts pure and to seek God with all of our minds and with all of our strength and with all of our heart. But guys, children are designed to be like arrows in your quiver. That's how God put it. He said, look, this is how I designed children, to be like arrows, so that you as a parent, you can direct them in where they need to go. Look, it's all outward focused. It's all outward. Preparing your kids to go out and be, in, be a great influence, right? And so that's part of our role, moms and dads. That's part of our role is to have a clear 2020 spiritual vision that creates a bullseye that you know, this is where we're shooting the arrow. This is where we're aiming the arrow. If you don't have kids yet, this is where we're wanting to aim the arrow, okay? If all you have is grandkids, this is where we're wanting to aim the arrow, you got to have a clear 2020 spiritual vision or otherwise you're just shooting them off left and right. And I see that a lot with kids. Kids are running the, the family. Kids are calling the shots. Kids are defining the bullseye. That's not a clear 2020 spiritual vision. That's a recipe for disaster. Moms and dads, patriarchs of the family, create a clear 2020 clear spiritual vision and shoot your kids in that direction by giving them direction and honesty integrity and in attitude and in character and holding their feet to the fire to become that man or woman you ask them to be. But especially parents, listen to me, especially give your kids clear 2020 spiritual vision direction when it comes to what it looks like to love God and to serve God and to teach them how to devote themselves to God, listen to me, in all things. That's a hefty bar. I just took the bar and went, raised it up. You may go, Jeff, like, chill out, calm down. No, man, look, the next generation, is, is, are they going to live out the dream or are they going to collapse with the dream? We can't afford to have an Abraham go to an Isaac in our day and age. We have to have an Abraham go to an Isaac that lives out God's promise. So create the vision, live the vision. Don't be, hip, don't be hip, you know, a hypocrite about the vision. Don't say one thing and then live something else. Create it. Live it, set the example, and let's hold our kids to it. Because guys, without clear spiritual guidance, love, and your common sense direction, children are less likely to launch out into a clear vision, less likely to be effective arrows being used in a mission like a warrior's hands. Can you imagine an archer going to war full like, of arrows, a quiver full of arrows, but they don't ever shoot one arrow? Can you imagine that? 
It's not the kind of person you want in your army. So guys, look, you, your, your parents, your grandparents, your single parents, your single adults that are in, you know, soon to be married are going to have kids. Like, look, this is important. Having a family on mission doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by accident. It's something that you have to do. And I just want to say this to you, right? It's one thing, men, women, it's one thing to have babies and provide for a family. That's one thing. A lot of people can do that. Most people can do that. But it's a much bigger challenge to launch your children out on mission for God. And it's a much bigger challenge to lead your family on a 2020 clear spiritual journey. Much bigger. So how do you do it? I got a few, I got a few suggestions for you. Here's some application. One, consider creating a, a family cause statement. What, what's your family on this earth for? God gave Abraham a cause statement. Isaac knew it enough that at the end of his life, he finally brought the family back on page with it. So he knew it. Abraham told it to him. He invested it into him. What's your family cause statement? What does it sound like? What does it look like? Design it with your kids. Come up with it. It's going to help you say no to the things you need to say no to, and it'll help you say yes to the things you need to say yes to. Make sure your cause statement it, it involves the idea that God wants our family to be outward focused. How do we become a blessing to others? Not just consume all the resources and time for ourselves. Create a cause statement that defines that. Shouldn't be too long. Should be something short enough that you can remember, you can wrap your head around, and you can live. Number two, another, another great application. Make Sunday worship a priority in your family. Make it a priority. And don't let anything get in its way. There's going to be a lot of temptations. I remember my, my, I had to raise kids that wanted to play sports, and those sports were going to be on Sunday morning. We just said no. We found a different way to exercise that same behavior in our lives. That's just what we did because we decided we wanted to make Sunday a priority. Let me tell you the other thing we made a priority for our kids. We made Wednesday nights a priority because we have it here at New Life. Right? We made Wednesday nights a priority for our kids. We made Wednesday night a priority for our teenagers. We figured out how to work around the homework issues. We figured out how to work around those things because we said, look, we're going to put God first in all ways. You put God first, God has a way of honoring you, mom and dad, giving you strength, giving you wisdom that you right currently now don't have. It's not because you're bad. It's because God's waiting for you to put him first, and then he has a plethora of great ideas and wisdom that he's going to give you. Thirdly, though, find time to read God's word together. Doesn't have to be daily, it might be weekly. You figure out a plan and you stick to it. What does it look like? It doesn't have to be long. It could be over a dinner that happens once a week because that's what you can handle. A dinner that happens bi-weekly because that's what you can handle. A morning that happens weekly because that's what you can, I don't know what it is, but find a time when you can open up God's word, you can read a scripture or two together, and you can pray with one another. Keep Christ at the center. Parents, let me give you number four. How do you live this out? Please, hear me well. Resist living your dream out through your kids. And strive to do what God's asking you as parents to do. They're a reward. They're a gift from God to you. God has a uniquely designed blueprint for their life. The mission of the parent is not to live your adult dreams through your kids and set unrealistic bars for them. The mission of the parent is to discover God's blueprint for your kids 
and then to develop that in them, which could look radically different than you, by the way. As radically different as Esau was from Jacob, so may your kids be radically different than you. But our goal is to find God's blueprint for them. Number one, two, three, four, number five. Number five. Great application. Stop comparing your family to the family down the street. Here's the big reason why. You are trying to lead a family that is in, that's on mission for God. Not every family on your street is trying to live a mission for God. That means this. Your family is going to look radically different than other families down the street. And that's the way it ought to be. If you're trying to look like the family down the street, you don't even know what their cause statement is. Their cause statement could be totally absent of Christ and his mission. You might know them and think that it is, but their lifestyle could be completely different than that. Parents, look, lead lead the family God gave you. Lead it on God's purpose and on God's mission. Because in the end, that's all you're going to be held accountable to. But in the end, we have to get back to a clear 2020, clear spiritual vision for the family. If you don't do it, somebody else in this world is going to give your family a vision and a mission. Which one do you want? Do you want God's or do you want the one that's randomly going to be given to you by the pace of this world? I want to encourage you to find God's. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend two minutes in solitude. Here's the questions I want you to consider out of this message today. God, show me Show me how to lead my family to be a blessing to others. Simple question. Secondly, God, will you show me the clear 2020 spiritual cause that you want our family to live for? Guys, look, if you'll just take these two questions before God for these two minutes and get that conversation started with God, I guarantee you God's going to start showing you some things that you never saw before. Because God designed your family to be on mission, which is an outward focus, not just an inward focus. Let's take the next two minutes. Spend some time in solitude before we spend some time in worship.